Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, you'll hear about how to help independent pharmacies survive and thrive with Diversify RX's Lisa Fast. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Dr. Lisa Fast, is an innovator, experienced business executive, and leader in the independent pharmacy industry. With over 20 years of experience as a pharmacy owner, consultant, compounder, and businesswoman, she is able to bring a unique perspective to the industry's problems. Her passion is helping independent pharmacy owners thrive by focusing on diversifying and then growing revenue streams. She's currently CEO at Diversify RX, a consulting and education company, a multi-store pharmacy owner, in addition to being a wife and mom of four. She is on a mission to save independent pharmacies. Lisa, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hillary. This is an honor. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Independent pharmacies is certainly uh, an important area. And before we we dive in, um, you know, I shared a little bit of background. uh, If you wanted to give any more, uh, you know, fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life. Yeah, no. So I've been in the independent pharmacy industry um, longer than I've been out of it. It's kind of that point in your career. So it's, it's been like 23 years that I've been in the pharmacy since, uh, you know, starting pharmacy school at the age of 19, I think I was when I started. So it's, uh, getting to that point in the career where, you know, pharmacy has just been such a part of my life that I, it's hard to remember a time when it wasn't. And, you know, I never imagined when I was in pharmacy school that I would be doing anything on the business side or anything with independent pharmacy. You know, I thought I was going to be this like, uh, nuclear pharmacist and, you know, those kinds of things. And things just didn't go with a plan, which, you know, sometimes you're thankful for in hindsight. And so um, found myself working for Kmart after school. For those of you that are old enough to remember Kmart, Mm -hmm. they actually had some great pharmacies and it was a really good experience for eventually owning my own pharmacy. And uh, after being at Kmart for a few years, I had a friend who owned his own pharmacy and he was selling it. So I was going to buy it, went through the whole process with SBA and creating a business, you know, plan and getting the loans and all of that. And when I finally got approved from SBA and I called him, he had signed the night before and to sell it to Rite Aid. Oh no. I didn't think it was ever going to happen because it was taking forever. So then I was left with kind of dreams shattered. Like, what do I do? Mm. You know? And um, I decided, well, just going to go ahead and open my own and just kind of figure it out from scratch instead of buying an, an established one. And so that's what I did. And I stumbled along and fell into a ton of potholes. And I've done just about everything wrong you can do as a pharmacy owner mm. uh, and figured out the long road to figure out how to do it right. And so, um, you know, that's pretty much where it comes to that. I am just impassioned and on a mission, as you said, to help other pharmacy owners thrive, because I really do believe that every pharmacy owner can and should have a profitable, thriving pharmacy. They just need to know the 
resources and the different strategies because unfortunately, Hillary, there is no one right way to just have a successful pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of the double-edged sword of being independent is we're all different. We all service different communities and therefore we have to be different. And so that creates a level of complexity that you just can't, you just can't copy what the successful pharmacy owner in the Mm -hmm. next state over is doing because it's probably not going to work in your area. And so that's just my passion. And it's really awesome that I find myself where I'm back in the fully entrepreneur Role again. Um, my husband and I are serial entrepreneurs. We've owned lots of other businesses, both inside of healthcare and outside of healthcare. And um, it's really fun to just be back in that entrepreneur seat, being able to serve, you know, pharmacy owners how I want, when I want, <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, hopefully be able to affect their life and change their legacy that, you know, they're going to be able to have for their communities and their families. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Uh, so, Lisa, Tell us, you know, where are the, the farm, where are you based and where are some of the pharmacies that you own? Yeah. So I'm actually living in North Texas now, just outside of the Dallas area. We have been here for about three years. Uh, I'm originally from California and I tried to escape California a few times, but I think this time it's finally stuck. So we are, we are happy Texans and uh, the pharmacies that I own, I own two in Louisiana and one in West Texas. And, uh, you know, people ask, you know, you're going to own some more. I, yeah, I don't know. It's always kind of just like whatever happens. I didn't really expect to kind of go back into pharmacy ownership after I sold my store in California. But, you know, sometimes opportunities arise and it, and it just works out. So those those the current landscape right now. And it might change at any time in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I love your point about you, you know, I say that all the time. You see one pharmacy and you see one pharmacy. And as great as it does sound, you know, to to standardize, and I think it's great to standardize as much as you can, but you do, your your community needs are going to be different. And so maybe, you know, where you are is not going to be a lot of high traffic for gifts or, you know, or maybe it's not going to be compounding, but um, would love to dig in a little bit more about what some of those things that you're seeing. Um, so first let's set the stage. Okay. Independent pharmacies, they have been, um, you know, uh, definitely fighting, um, for a while. Um, and, and not as many people are going into, uh, ownership. We're seeing some close. I mean, it's leaving, you know, pharmacy deserts. They're, you know, just, um, really, struggling with, uh, having lowered reimbursement and issues, but then of course, you know, you do, you see some that are, that are booming and incredibly successful, um, which is obviously why I assume that, that you're so passionate about it and how to, how to bring that success to others. Um, but, but, you know, did I miss any other things? What are some of the challenges facing independent pharmacies right now? Yeah, no, you've definitely hit on some of them. And, you know, the major challenges come from the fact that most of the revenue of any independent pharmacy flows through a PBM, a pharmacy benefit manager. And when that happens, that revenue just becomes at risk for things like audits and clawbacks, uh, exorbitant fees. It, it, you just don't have control of your future. You can't sleep well at night because you don't really know if the money you made today is you're going to be able to keep it three, six, nine, 12 months down the road. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this really high level of uncertainty. 
And so that's really the crux of a lot of what's wrong in pharmacy these days is, is because of that. So I'm a big, big proponent of diversifying revenue, which is where the name Diversifier X came from, because I believe that that is the key to success for every pharmacy owner. If there's one magic thing, that is the magic uh, you know, cornerstone is to diversify your revenue because therefore you have more stability. You can get away from the PBMs and their, you know, over aggressive tactics with independent pharmacies. You now have a nice stable business that you can sleep well at night, you know, and you can bank on the money that you have is actually the money's yours to keep. But, you know, then there's other things like normal traffic, you know, get, uh, getting people's attention is is harder these days. There's the Walgreens, the Rite Aid, the Big Box, the online pharmacy, in your mailbox. There's there's so many choices for the consumer today that it does make it harder, but with I think more intelligent consumers is if you step up your game, you can you can better attract them. And so I like to say it's it's tougher than ever in pharmacy. There's more things against us than ever before, but there's also never been more opportunity to be able to diversify your revenue streams, really follow your passions and how you want to take care of your patients in your community that will allow you to not just survive, but really to be able to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's good to hear a little bit more about the name Diversify RX. Um, so Lisa, uh, tell us, you know, a little bit more about, um, you know, what are some of the opportunities for pharmacy owners right now? Yeah. So what I like to teach is all of the tactics really fall under the umbrella of the six pharmacy profit pillars that I like to to call them. And, you know, after working with hundreds, if not probably over a thousand pharmacies since 2012, when I sold my first pharmacy, uh, it's really everything falls into like these six buckets. And three of them are the super fun, sexy revenue stuff that everybody likes to talk about. And then a lot of times it's just the other foundational stuff that can really improve your profitability. So the six pharmacy profit pillars is cash-based revenue, non-PBM revenue, then you have PBM optimization, then you have marketing, team development, and KPI optimization. And KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator. And I'm a huge data nerd, uh, and I love data. And so I love helping pharmacy owners understand their data and help it direct them to create a more profitable business. And so um, when you start to look at those six buckets, there's something there for everybody. You know, there's a tactic that you need to be doing in each one of those buckets if you really want to have the pharmacy of your dreams. And really, that's that's my goal is to bring ideas and bring strategies. I've often told people, I feel like God has put it on me to create this buffet table of strategies for pharmacy owners. And they, they get to go through just like you do at a buffet line and pick and choose what you want. And not everything is going to be a fit for everyone. You know, one of my favorite tactics is direct billing workers compensation because you get to eliminate the PBM and their awful reimbursement rates where legislative uh, Lee, from a state standpoint, workers' comp rates are generally very generous. They can be at or near AWP. And so it can actually behoove pharmacies to increase their workers' compensation prescriptions if they're going to direct bill the workers' comp insurance carrier. And it's like, well, that may, that may be a fit for some people or it may not be a fit at all if they have no idea if workers' compensation doctors 
you know, are, are going to send patients to them or whatnot, but it is one of the best profitable strategies for pharmacy owners out there, but hmm. um, it's only good. And I think it's like 43 States now. So if you're in one of those other States, it may not be the best tactic for you. So let's go find something else. And so it's this concept of a, of a buffet table of the tactics underneath, underneath each one of those six pharmacy profit pillars that I kind of feel like it's on me to to go figure that out and present it to pharmacy owners. Yeah, that's interesting. Of course, I'm sure that most of our listeners have at least heard of of workers comp, but you know, how do you even start recruiting for those, you know, type of patients or um, I'm sure there's many, many questions uh, and things as people are kind of thinking about that. So fascinating. Yeah. Well, this is where it comes back to marketing and, you know, I, you just can't own any successful business today. And I think much less a pharmacy, Mm -hmm. if you're not going to be on social media and if you're not going to be shouting from the rooftops, what you're best in the world at. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just talking to a pharmacy um, earlier this week about workers' compensation prescriptions and how do Mm. you, how do you target for those? And it's like, you have to tell people, you have to let them know. They don't just automatically know that you like workers' compensation prescriptions because let's be honest, for the last 10 to 15 years, many independent pharmacies have actually been actively trying to get rid of workers' compensation prescriptions because when they're ran through the typical PBM, you make zero to no money, sometimes even lose money. And so that was business that was not attractive. But whenever you're direct billing and cutting out that PBM, now all of a sudden these patients are attractive again. And so, um, you know, so I think social media is one of the most underutilized from a pharmacy owner standpoint of communicating with their community and with prescribers to let them know like, hey, here's what we do. Here's the type of business that we want. Um, I'm a big proponent of video and like Facebook lives mm-hmm. because that is just what engages most of the audience these days. Uh, most people would rather watch a 30 second video than read, you know, three paragraphs worth of, of words. Exactly. And so pharmacy owners can leverage social media channels and for the most part for free, they don't even have to pay for it. Um, and it's, it's just a really good platform to be able to tell people, you know, what you're about and what you're best in the world at. And, then, then when they need it, then they know who to go to. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so yes. Well, what, what are some of the other pillars? I mean, I feel like compounding has been such a, um, popular thing as of late. And of course, a lot of people will do cash billing or things with that. Um, other things, you know, pharmacogenomics or other like clinical services, um, or, or- oh, yes. I love pharmacogenomics. Um, I really think that PGX testing should be the standard of care. You know, how in 2022, a doctor can be treating a, a pain patient or a mental health patient and not understand how their genetics are impacting the medication metabolization usage of that drug, being able to even activate the drug. You know, as pharmacists, we know that so many drugs are actually pro-drugs and they have to be activated uh, in order to work. And it just, to me, it just seems like it should be the standard of care. So I love teaching pharmacy owners about the opportunities with pharmacogenetic testing, often referred to as PGX. It's one of those uh, services that can kind of land in a couple of different pillars because a lot of people just like the cash-based revenue where they like to, you know, 
get that, get that test, just resell it to the patient, do their consultations. You're not worrying about insurance or anything like that. And then there's others that do it more in a collaborative practice model. And so maybe they're consulting for a company or consulting for another provider. And so you're still billing for your services, but you're not billing to a PBM. So PGX kind of lands in that cash-based revenue or that non-PBM revenue pillar, but it's it's one of those things that can bring such an impact to your uh, patients because they might be on the wrong medication. I guarantee you that if you own a pharmacy, you have patients that are on the wrong medication according to their DNA, and you have a chance to get them on the right medication, which can improve efficacy and decrease adverse effects, uh, which are all both good things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um. Gosh. So Lisa, how do, uh, people, you know, find out about you or, um, how do you approach, you know, independent pharmacy owners and, uh, offer to come alongside them and help coach them in making sure that they are optimizing all of the, uh, uh, many diverse options to, uh, maximize the revenue. Yeah, that's a really great question. So I try to put out as much free information as possible. You know, I can't save this industry if I have to wait to talk to somebody one-on-one. There's just not enough time in their day and there's not enough time in my day. And so I try to put out a ton of content all across social media. We have a weekly blog that comes out every week that it always focuses on in one of those six profit pillars. And, um, when we write about something, we try to create the resources and we try to, we try to help people from afar as much as possible. And I hear, you know, it's one of the favorite parts of my day when I'm talking to a pharmacy owner and they're like, Hey, that blog you wrote last week, like that really, really helped me. And, um, that's what we do it for. So we, we try to put out a ton of information out there. So you can go to any social channel, just type in diversify RX whether, you know, TikTok is your jam or Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, Pinterest, you name it, we're there. Um, And you can start learning information and learning about new strategies or even different companies that you're not aware of that can bring a lot of value and potentially a lot of profit to your pharmacy. So that's first and foremost is we want to help pharmacies for absolutely free, putting it out there as much as possible. Um, And then another way that we uh, get to see pharmacy owners and work with them is we have a live in-person conference. It's called the Pharmacy Profit Summit, and it's here in the Dallas area in August. And that's an annual event where we're focused for two days of doing nothing but presenting other pharmacy owners or presenting other experts that are going to help you change your pharmacy like very tangibly. Ours is more of kind of workshop style conference rather than having just a bunch of people up on stage kind of uh, lecturing. So ours is very hands-on, very kind of workshoppy. And those two days can dramatically change your pharmacy. Our goal is to always present um, opportunities that if you just implemented a little bit of it, it you're going to end up with $100,000 or more profit um, in the following year. And, and uh, from our summit last year to this year, we know that that was definitely achievable because a lot of our pharmacy owners were able to make those significant changes in their pharmacy. And then last but certainly not least is our Pharmacy Badass University, which is our digital membership. So we created a low-cost, all-inclusive membership where 
pharmacy owners and their staff, because we all know, Hillary, you probably know pharmacy owners. If it's left to the pharmacy owner alone, it's it's going to be tough to get everything implemented. And so you have to include the staff. So um, the staff can get on the digital membership where they have access to unlimited on-demand courses. Uh, they get office hours and monthly mastermind calls and all sorts of resources. They can ask us to create those marketing materials. You know, if you need a flyer for uh, an upcoming vaccine clinic or something like that, you know, this is where we're providing that kind of more hand-holding services inside of our Pharmacy Badass University. And so those are really the ways that we we try to help pharmacy owners. You know, as a pharmacy owner myself, I know how, tar- <laughs> how tight it is. Uh, you're tight on both time and money. And so we try to uh, help pharmacy owners save them time and save them money by, you know, doing as much as we can for them and leveraging kind of the group group knowledge of all of our pharmacy owners that come together and kind of committed to having a more profitable pharmacy. So that's that's basically what we try to do. We try to just be out there and help them. Yeah, that's great and so needed. Um for sure. Uh, so have, uh, how many people do you have maybe straight out of school? Do you have any, any like new business owners that are coming in and trying to learn like, Hey, I want to start, um, an independent pharmacy in my hometown or, um, you know, um, I don't know. Or is how many like new starts versus existing businesses do you usually see? Yeah, you know, it's a good mix. Um, surpri- I'm still surprised when I get on a phone call with somebody that says, I'm considering starting a pharmacy. Like, it gets me so excited. That's where, you know, going back to my origin story, when I had to kind of shift gears and start a pharmacy from scratch, I didn't know anybody to talk to. I didn't have any mentor, any guidance, and I had to figure it out. And that was really hard. And if I would have known how hard it was going to be, I might have never started that journey. So I love talking to people. There's certainly a lot more people that already have established pharmacies, Mm -hmm. but there, I mean, I talked to two this week that are opening a pharmacy. One was in a small town, one was in a very big town. So very different markets, very different types of pharmacies. But I, I love talking to those guys because those are, those are pharmacy owners after my own heart, you know, starting from a pharmacy from scratch is, is no small feat, but certainly there's, there's more, you know, already established owners, but there, there's definitely a mix of whether it's new students or I'm, I'm actually starting to talk, you know, the great resignation that's, that's happening in every sector all across the country, certainly happening with pharmacists as well, where pharmacists are leaving health systems or they're leaving a chain or grocery store or something like that. And they're thinking, Hey, I really want to practice pharmacy my way. And because of all of this opportunity and flexibility, whether you're talking a more clinically based pharmacy or more services oriented, there's a lot of opportunity out there that where a pharmacist can really fulfill their passion by owning a pharmacy. Um, You know, one of our members, uh, her name is Tara and she has a non-dispensing pharmacy. But she's a pharmacy owner. Uh, she doesn't dispense the typical medications. She does testing and um, lots of other clinical services. And so there's just more opportunity nowadays, I think, for pharmacists to really see that there is a path to being a successful entrepreneur and owning a pharmacy, uh, whether it's in the traditional sense or in the non-traditional. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lisa, thank you for making that your mission because uh, we definitely want to continue to see independent pharmacies uh, thrive and survive. Um, so as our final guest, we love to ask all of our um, 
our, it's our final question we like to ask all of our guests. Uh, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? That is a really great question. And my best advice that I could give to myself at least is ask for help sooner. (laughs) I'm one of those people that I'm highly independent. I love figuring stuff out. Like that's my happy place, but boy, I could have saved so much time, money, and effort by asking for help far earlier (laughs) than I, I did. I, I try to teach my children that. And so that is definitely the lesson I would learn. So if you're trying to do something new, chances are somebody else out there has either done the exact same thing or something really similar. And pharmacists are such loving, giving people. And we love helping others, even if it's other pharmacists. And so don't be afraid to ask for help. Get somebody's insights on what pitfalls to avoid or what you know shiny rainbows to go after because you will just reach your success so much faster. Awesome. Very helpful. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much, Hillary. Thanks for having me.